So, today, I'm going to do a quick day 23 and then get into the rest of the topic. So, um, I'm going to be talking a bit about, um, more like LGBT rights types of topics, um, but okay, um, there's a for day 23's quote is an Eckhart Tolle quote it says this too shall pass and I think that's a famous quote a lot of people have heard it I wonder if he was the first one who said it because I feel like that quote feels older than he is he's not that old but I don't know I'm, I'm a little curious but I don't really know for sure um as you go through today, whether good or bad, remind yourself that this too shall pass. So, I know that people aren't like super into these episodes, um, but for me, you know, I've been looking at this book at least briefly daily. Um, today, I'm not doing it first thing in the morning, uh, but I can describe my day up to this point. It's barely after 10 a.m. Um, I'm in kind of San Bernardino region in the mountains. Um, slept around midnight, woke up around 6 uh, a.m. Uh, don't remember if I fully slept through the night. I feel like maybe I got up some, but uh, I don't really fully remember. Um, so yeah, I woke up, went through the morning routine. Uh, I'm checking out of the hotel in an hour, a little less than an hour. So I just want to get in some recording and stuff. Um, so basically, what I've done so far is I cleaned myself, you know, showered, teeth brushed, ate some breakfast, had a, one of those Jimmy Dean croissant sandwiches and added an avocado. Uh, a whole avocado most of it didn't fit onto the sandwich so uh, I just kind of did what I could to make it fit uh, and then ate the rest of it off the side uh, drank a lot of water before that and had about 25% of a of a, a C4 scoop um, I have about a half a scoop waiting for me in the car, uh, so I'll get to that in a second, but uh, I'm trying to keep this at about five minutes. Um, so my intention for today, I am feeling a lot better today. I've, I've had a migraine for like since Tuesday. It's maybe even since Sunday or Monday. I, I remember it specifically Tuesday and then Wednesday all day it's just been not fun um but I've been pacing myself trying to do what I need for myself there's only so much I can do um 
my intention for today, definitely creativity and health focus. Um, I think all the relaxation did help. I was going to physically go hard like this last like four or five days. It, my intention was to go super hard from Sunday to Thursday and it just did not work out that way. Um, but I did get a lot of rest and I did notice I feel a lot better when I'm resting more even though I don't like having the rest like that like it's weird to like leave town and then just like relax for like four or five days like I kind of wanted to like get out and do more but whatever um today I'm grateful for you know being able to get out you know to where I am uh to do's for today so once I get into town in LA I'm gonna hit the gym pretty much right away which is why I have that pre-workout that's in the cup holder um I'm feeling a little better slight headache but it's not that bad and I don't know if it's like a PMS thing or if it's just a stress thing or an altitude thing or a hydration thing or um sometimes I do notice some weird thing when I get like an intestinal kind of issue I do get headaches sometimes at the same time like for example sometimes it's not often but I've noticed if I have like some weird issue with like my intestines or my bowels or something like that like sometimes you know uh, I gotta take a number two to kind of somehow I don't know that that headache part can kind of go away after that I don't understand it but it's been like that for years um and I'm not sure if it's like some weird nerve pressure thing. I always assumed it was like some weird pressure on the back of my, on the bottom of my spine or something that was like triggering some kind of nerve head pain. I don't really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, it's probably just the PMS thing. I don't really know. Uh, um, but yeah, so basically Okay, that went longer than five minutes, but anyways, um, so I can't really tell if it's me or if it's just the climate of things, but, um, I'm kind of struggling to understand, uh, some things about this current, uh, political climate. Now, I think I've recorded a couple episodes related to some things that are going on. And it seems like maybe it's just the algorithm recommending, you know, things to me. Like, people who know me well, you know, I don't watch TV, really. I mean, yeah, kind of, but not, like, really. Um, like, I don't follow anything on there. Um, even if I do watch sports, I'm not, like knowledgeable about like what's actually going on like in the series most of the time like sometimes I am but usually I'm not following like all the details like um so yeah I've basically been noticing that there have been a lot of stories coming out about inequality for queer groups of people um, I saw 
there was something on Instagram that popped up about Japan and I think it was New Zealand now I didn't listen to the thing that the person from New Zealand was saying because I was like it just seemed like it was going to be some negative thing and I was like you know I don't really want to read it or listen to it or whatever there was a there was a person who was uh, one of the leaders of Japan I don't remember who but they were saying that you know it would be a disruption to society to legalize gay marriage and you know they say that in Japan things like inheritances get affected um, I don't know if they said like inheritance business um, I can't remember if there were like a couple other things maybe like education like uh, healthcare medical uh, availability medical treatment um, and I don't know how it would be disruptive I mean I'm curious to know what would be disrupted in society so severely by gay people getting married like I feel like it's not like it's not like there's the largest population and I the reason why I'm a little surprised more so like I know Japan kind of has a conservative reputation with a lot of things um sexually Japan's media entertainment um is a is probably it's different like it's hard to compare it to American media but I would say Japan's media that I've consumed isn't not sexual as a matter of fact I would say that the majority of the LGBT content I initially consumed was through anime um, manga um, when I was younger um, straight and not straight but I would say for example when I was this was ages ago like when we still had like a household desktop in the living room you know that we would use and I would use you know I had burned CD-ROMs from a friend from a friend um, that he would let me borrow and I would I don't know if they were DVDs or CD-ROMs or what but you know they were burned it was back when we were using like burned CDs and stuff and I would watch you know I was watching Love Hina I think that was one of the first series not the first that I ever watched but the first that I kind of got into that had like a sexual theme like I know even I think it was Hamtaro they even those rodents were having sex on occasion like I remember in so basically like near where I where I grew up there was a very large population of Japanese and Japanese Americans immigrants uh, first generation second generation like multiple generations it's one of the world's most highly populated Japanese areas um, I mean if you if they say like outside of Japan and Hawaii um, it, 
I lived right right there, so um, they weren't like the majority population. Caucasian was the majority, but I think uh, Asian in general was like the second largest group, um, probably like 30 something percent, I believe. Um, and a high quantity of Japanese businesses, you know. So I, when I grew up, I grew up with a lot of Japanese culture influence, a lot of Japanese people around me, a lot of traditions and people and the language. And uh, I, I would say, you know, compared to the average black person, I probably am a lot more um, aware and, you know, knowledgeable about a lot of things about Japanese culture just from firsthand being in a city like that. You got to give shout outs to LA. Like you can live in certain areas and you're just in another, it feels like you're in another place. Like there are places in LA where it's like everything's in Spanish or everything's in Vietnamese or everything, you know, there's like all these businesses that, you know, like a lot of the things in aren't in English and so I grew up around a lot of that and it was fine like I'm not saying there was any problem with it there was no issue like whatever like I'm just talking about um what I what I noticed and why I'm maybe surprised and so I noticed growing up that you know I think one of my friends told me or something that the taller manga books like there were manga books that were a certain size and the ones that were a little bigger were had some adult content in them and so back then when I used to look at manga like it wasn't uh readily available in English back then like they didn't it was back uh, I think Borders bookstore still existed but it was before it got popular in the U.S. like in English um like, I remember my friend used to have to translate the manga for me. Like, they didn't have it at Barnes & Noble, Borders. There weren't, like, full sections of it like there are now. Um, like, it existed, but it wasn't, like, a whole, like, entertainment factor um, at all. Um, it was very... Like, they're definitely, like, the otaku types people, like but it was kind of like the Japanese culture and then other Asian groups tended to know more about manga and anime but most Americans weren't really like too exposed to it um but because I grew up around it I you know I didn't know I didn't grow up first with the English ones I grew up first with the Japanese ones like my friends used to get me box sets of like manga in Japanese, you know, like, um, if you watch the anime, if you got the, the DVDs, like, usually they had, like, you know, you could get sub-dubbed, um, this is back before you could easily find series online, um, this is way before Death Note even existed, I feel like Death Note really put anime and manga on the map, and other, you know, there were other series like Sailor Moon, and, um, there were other things like that, but, um, 
Power Rangers, Gundam, like that type of stuff. Like it's popular, but um, for the most part, um, I would say the focus um, of these uh, of the of the stuff that I watched wasn't necessarily like to to be like sexually explicit all the time but I guess that's my long way of saying you know I definitely came across a lot of content that had sexuality in it and far more queer sexuality topics um I remember I don't even know I don't really watch that stuff anymore too much but I remember uh the series Takumi-kun um Takumi-kun was about like this uh it was like, I saw the live action, and I think they also had, I think it was called like June, something with the word June in it, but I think it was a manga as well, and then they made a live action movie or miniseries, and it had these characters, these guys that um, were in like an all-guys boarding school, it was for musicians, and... I think Takumi, Takumi was the main character, I think that was his name, or maybe that was another character's name, I don't remember, but he was like a violinist, and he had like some kind of crush on this character named Guy, um, Guy was like this popular guy that seemed to take like a liking to Takumi, and like, it was this whole story where it was like these, these crushes and things, um, there was this other one, I think it was Gakuen, Gakuen, I don't remember what it was, but it was like this all-boys school where there were these guys, it's kind of older, I mean, these are older ones, um, it was like an all-boys school where there were these guys, um, that, what would I say, um, I don't remember the, the purpose, but I know that there were like upperclassmen and then like freshmen um and there was some kind of crush themes in there too it was like all boys school boarding school crushes on guys having crushes on one another there was princess princess d or putty putty d or whatever it was called um that was one where you know they had again an all boys school and they picked or decided that certain uh, uh, characters would be uh, dressing like all boys school but would be wearing like cheerleader outfits, skirts. They picked some of the like more pretty looking males to dress in like skirts and have pom-poms and like cheer on the guys for the sports teams um, and that really helped. Um, I think, uh, me, I don't know, Michiko, was that his name? Michiko? Uh, I can't remember the names, honestly, but Princess Princess D, um, was a popular one, too. They had a live action, they had, uh, an anime, I can't remember if they had a manga as well, but, I mean, these series were very popular series. Um, if I could find them, it doesn't mean they were that hard to find, you know, um, and I think the category is called Yaoi, 
Um, I don't know. Um, and then there's another category. Once you get into the hentai category, that's like considered like more X-rated type stuff. But there's definitely plenty of queer theme, you know, anime that was not hard to find. That you know, there's a lot of like. I don't know if you call it gender bending, but I think even in Fruits Basket, you know, there are a lot of characters that have this, uh, they're male, and they have this very, like, effeminate personality about them. That's not too uncommon to find in anime. Um, you know, it's, it's readily available. Like, I wasn't doing any deep dive searching or anything. Like, I was just Googling stuff or whatever I was doing to look it up. And it would just come up and I would just be watching full on series of this like really gay content. And oh, what was the other one? There was this one that was really, um, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically about this young businessman and somehow he had befriended or known a guy who was younger, but I think he was a, a new college student, um, and the business person was kind of like, kind of hands handsy, like attractive, kind of flirty, a little physical, and the college guy was kind of more like a little shy, and you know, but there were a lot of times where he was like you know the older guy was like well you you have to like tell me directly what you want me to do or if you want me to stop or whatever it was kind of like you know it, it, you know there was a lot of that like sexual tension and kind of like flirting and like um I mean it was it was it was queer like they weren't calling themselves like gay or anything but I mean, it was just, like, matter-of-fact part of the story. These guys are, you know, crushing on each other. They had these really, like, deep friendships and relationship dynamics and crushes, and they'd be blushing, or, like, there'd be a lot of themes like that where it was, like, not hidden, you know? And sometimes the series weren't fully about that, and then it would just, like, pop up every now and then, and then other times it was, like, the whole theme of the whole series, and so, I mean, those are just a few that I can think of off the top of my head, but there's plenty, and there's probably even newer stuff since then. And so, I'll just, I say all that to say, you know, if I was young and I was finding that stuff on the internet, um, just because I had a love for anime and manga, because a lot of my friends did, you know how it is when you're like in your teens or whatever, you're trying to like fit in with like, you know, you don't want your hobbies to be so unique from everybody else's that you're just, like, the one doing all this complete weird stuff. Like, you like to have stuff in common, and I was intrigued because it was another culture and different languages and all this stuff. And I, honestly, when I was growing up, I thought that was a normal part of Japanese culture. I was like, okay, so these guys go to these boarding schools, and they kind of just get, like, a little curious about some stuff, and explore a bit and like I kind of just assumed that that was culturally what was happening um and again this isn't coming from like a, a Christian tradition culture 
Um, and then you fast, you know, you fast forward, you know, to see what politicians in Japan are saying currently. And it's like, oh, that would be disruptive to society. And in my head, I'm like, I really thought that Japan was more open-minded about sexuality. Like maybe, maybe I misunderstood. And I think maybe it's like a little hidden, like they're not like explicit, you know, um, they're not like explicit, but it's a little hidden but it's not that hard to find. I mean, honestly, it's not that hard to find content like that. And so I know it exists. I know it's popular. Um, and I was really into that kind of stuff. Like, of course, when I was like a teenager, I was like, of course, this is what I want to watch. You know, um, I never really understood why, but I was just kind of like, this is more interesting than most of the stuff on TV. So I would consume a lot of content like that. And, you know, I never really thought much of it. You know, growing up in a strict household, I wasn't even like, that was the type of stuff where people are like, oh, you're just watching cartoons and like nobody really thought much of it, you know, um, like I wasn't like watching it out in public in the living room probably, but you know, I would watch it online on the computer in the living room and like nobody really said anything. Um, I remember I'd be in like chat rooms and stuff and like talking to people about different series or whatever, like forums, I guess it was forums back then. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying that's the only part of Japanese media culture, but I'm just a little confused as to how, you know, th there's so much content out there that seems that people don't have too many hangups about like queer exploration I mean I guess maybe we're talking about two different things exploration you know entertainment themes versus like political like policy and like marriage and you know rights and benefits those aren't the same um things for sure but um I don't know I'm just curious about it um it's not something I fully understand like I don't fully understand how um these things in Japanese culture are disruptive or anything like if they have it in media for you know teen teenage people people in their in their 20s like young adults or whatever age but you could tell that these themes are kind of geared towards like college age maybe like late teen age people uh i mean why else would they have stories about like boarding schools like that's not a very uncommon theme to have these boarding school boys love i think it was called like boys love type of stories you know like it's like a whole category like in the u.s there's not a category like that like we don't have like a category called boys love um i mean i'm not even against it i mean i i forgot all about that until i started recording i forgot that I even like knew about that kind of stuff um 
but let me see if I can look up the name of that one. Anyway, it's kind of bothering me that I don't know the name. Um, uh, Alright, let me look this up. find the name I don't know how to even search for this um well gave me a list and none of these are it um I don't think I'm gonna be able to find it that quick I don't even know what to look up uh dude I really don't know what it was called honestly um but there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, if you look it up, it's like, dude, there's like so much content that's like that. And um, it's kind of interesting that, you know, a culture can have two um, dynamics that are a little opposite. Like in the U.S., um you know, there's still the prejudice, uh, for sure, that exists, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, the U.S. still has the prejudice, but also, you know, in the media, there's not, like, any push that I kind of see, um, for, like, additional queer content, like, I feel like, yeah, there's, like, drag stuff, and, that's probably the thing that got popular more recently, even though it's been around for absolute ages. Um, but I don't really think, you know, there's a lot of mainstream queer stuff. Like, if it is queer, like Queer as Folk or L Word and that kind of stuff, it tends to be like, okay, put it on Showtime or put it on HBO or put it, like, somewhere where people have to pay subscriptions to watch it. Um, there aren't that many queer theme, you know, especially written by queer people, like, you see it a little bit, but it's more of, like, a diversity, like, okay, well, let's add, like, a queer person or whatever, like, so Queer Eye was popular, um, Queer Eye was a popular series, um, there was another, uh, show, uh, I think that Chucky series had a, um, queer character, um, I mean, there are a lot of shows with the care, like Modern Family. I know they were saying in Modern Family, it's been like seven years and you've never seen a kiss from the, from the male couple. Um, after seven years, you know, that's like weird, right? And then like, um, so that was like a groundbreaking type of thing. But yeah, even stuff like that, like a show, you know, like Modern Family and other types of shows, you know, there's like a little bit, but there's not really like a whole lot in all honesty. Like there's just like a little bit, I would say. And then there's like Netflix having their categories or like Hulu having their like LGBT type categories and things like that. But I would say that it's not um, 
in the mainstream as like an acceptable part of media for like like it's not something that is being like accepted necessarily it's just something that exists so I don't really know it's uh it's pretty complex to try to even explain um Um, and I don't even know if I can explain it, um, dude, sorry, my stomach just suddenly started hurting, um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got my own curiosities, um, about what's gonna happen with Japan, uh, in their situations, I'm a little surprised because I don't know that many cultures that aren't uh, like looking from like a Christian or Muslim or Jewish type lens. Like Japan doesn't really do all that. Like as a whole, um, I believe they're a Buddhist society, and as a whole, I feel like you know they don't really seem to like push religion like that like I'm not saying they're not spiritual or religious they definitely are um a lot of the culture I feel like a lot of things are incorporated into daily life you know um there's a lot of uh traditions that are uh it's just it's a very lovely culture very beautiful like I'm I've I've got nothing against it I'm just a little shocked um the politicians aren't uh, open-minded considering the type of media that even younger populations get exposed to I just assumed that they were more open-minded like you know about uh, sexual things um, and sexuality in general just because I don't know any other cultures that has like animated style um like and the thing is in the u.s when something's animated it's almost like appealing towards younger populations like there are shows like king of the hill and family guy and um f is for family and all these kind of shows that are like clearly that's not for like five-year-olds but um you know it has like adult themes and it's cartoons but American cartoons are quite different uh cartoons are different from anime anime is its own thing and you know I just I don't know like I don't know what to think um I mean if anybody knows you know kind of what to really think about this kind of thing please uh, say something, because it's just kind of something I'm trying to figure out, like, it's really not a, a huge deal, um, I mean, the a lot of the world is still against certain things, so it's not like it's super uncommon, but usually, um, you know, it's com- countries that have a very heavy, like, Judeo-Christian type of, like, background where they're like you know the religion is so tied in to the politics even though they say it's not but 
they start taking that stance of like that's usually what the politicians come worrying about is from that like prejudice perspective um I don't really see how um the comment about it being disruptive I don't really see what that's supposed to mean like that is confusing um but I don't know what are you gonna do what can you say you know it's not um, uh, it's not my country, <laughs> you know, I can't, like, force, vote, enforce anything, I have no power about that stuff, um, but yeah, I don't know if anyone else is surprised, uh, maybe I should stop being surprised, but I, I don't know how else to feel about it, I'm just like, okay, like, that wasn't something that I saw coming. Like, when I saw it, I was like, okay, like, yeah, they're against whatever. There's so many places against it, and I don't think they should be against gay marriage, but, you know, there are a lot of countries that are against it. So when I hear that there's a country against it, I'm not usually, like, shocked. But I guess when I started thinking about Japan more, I was like, huh, I didn't think they would take that route. Um, now, they are... Uh, I think, um, so Japan, it, like, culture-wise is a culture that, you know, believes in saving face, and I could maybe think, the only thing I could kind of think that might not be getting, like, said so directly is that the culture, you know, maybe doesn't want the world's eyes on them. Because maybe it is a taboo, maybe it is a taboo still in Japan, like maybe it is a taboo, which I understand, you know, sexuality in general in a lot of cultures is a taboo, um, and so maybe just it being a taboo and being on the world stage, if they did legalize, you know, I think maybe they would, there might be some people that would experience like a sense of shame about their culture uh, about their Japanese culture because the world is looking at them and thinking okay they legalized this and maybe they just don't want that reputation like I don't know like I don't really know exactly where their minds are when they're saying the part about the disruption, but I could see that there would be people that have prejudices that are not okay with it. I could see that there would be people that, you know, um, wouldn't be pleased or, uh, that might be against it. And I don't know how it goes in Japan. Like if people are able to like picket or riot or protest, like, I don't know what their laws look like around those things. So if there was some type of like civil situation going on or civil unrest or something, um, I don't know what that would look like in Japan. I've never seen them on the news like rioting or looting or protesting or anything. Like I don't really know much about um, that with their culture, but maybe, uh, maybe they're afraid of how it would make them look as a country uh maybe it would be disruptive like in some other way um that they're just not explaining i would like them to expand 
Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say. But I know I, I got 20 minutes till I gotta leave, so I gotta start checking out. But, um, interesting topic. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.